Kids. We're studying Exodus 35 through 40 and Leviticus 1:16 and 19. Holiness to the Lord. So this week, the Lord calls Moses up to the mountain again and told him it was time for a tabernacle. Do you guys know what a tabernacle is? Tabra what? Tabernacle. I think it's something to help the environment. What? I think it's grass. When something. That doesn't make sense. It's a weird word. Uh, like an opposite, maybe? I'm not sure. I don't know. Something you'd use to like make something. Sounds like a like a place where a Sasquatch lives. Uh, something for fishing. Reminds me of the word tavern. <laughs> a net? I have, no, I have no idea. Is it like a habitat? Maybe like a term for fishing or something. Tabernacle. Uh, I don't know. Is, is it a type of drink? I have never heard that word. It sounds like an aquatic animal. A promise? A tabernacle is like a mobile temple. Yes, a temple is where God's people can be close to him. It's symbolic of being in his presence. But the Israelites, they were traveling through the wilderness. So the Lord commanded Moses to build a tabernacle which was a portable or a movable temple, so they could take it with them. The Lord's dwelling place among his people. But the Israelites were in the wilderness. How are they going to build a tabernacle? Well, Moses told the people this. This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. And every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded. And did all the people come and give what they have? Well, I don't know about all, but it says this. And they came, every one whose heart stirred him up, and every one whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service, and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold. And every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands, and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. That's really cool. One person couldn't build the tabernacle alone, but by everyone giving what they had, they got it done. It's pretty symbolic, actually. It's working together, and it's giving of what we have that brings us into the presence of the Lord. What happened next? Well, have you guys ever watched a cartoon, and they open up a closet door, and this mountain of stuff falls on top of them? 
too much stuff. Exactly. Well, here's what happened to the Israelites. Moses told everyone to bring what they could to help build the tabernacle. And pretty soon, they had too much stuff. It's pretty cool to think about because they had been slaves and now they're wandering in the wilderness in the desert. You'd think they wouldn't have enough to build a sacred space. Everyone coming together was what made it amazing. By giving what they had, they didn't have less. By giving to the Lord, they had abundance, more than enough. Welcome to the game show. Let's make a deal. Spiritual gifts edition. Did you know that the Lord gives different spiritual gifts to every single one of us? And if you work hard to use your spiritual gifts, He will give you even more. Pretty cool, right? Do you guys know what your spiritual gifts are? Let's play and maybe you'll find out. Have you guys ever seen the game show, Let's Make a Deal on TV? The host of the show, that's Isaac. We'll let you pick a prize from three different gift boxes. Then, once you open the gift, you'll have the chance to either keep it or trade it for something better. But watch out. Sometimes you can get zonked. That means you trade a good gift for something worthless. So, be careful with the gift you are given. Are you ready to play? All right, let's make a deal. Monty, what do we have for our contestants today? Gift number one is a long, skinny box. It's wrapped in animal wrapping paper with a neon rope tied around it. Gift number two is a big square box. It's wrapped in rainbow color balloon wrapping paper with curly ribbons all over the top. And gift number three is a small round box. It's wrapped in gold paper with big glittery ribbons tied across the top. Which gift do you choose? All right, inbox number one was the spiritual gift to have faith to be healed. Inbox number two was the spiritual gift to speak in different languages, also known as the gift of tongues. In box number three was the spiritual gift of the beholding of angels. All right, let's make a deal. Now you can take the gift you have and keep it, or you can trade it for what's behind the curtain number one. What do you want to do? Okay, Monty, here we go. Let's show them what's behind the curtain number one. It's the spiritual gift of working miracles. If you chose this curtain, you also get to give your original spiritual gift as well. Thanks everyone for playing today. Back to building our tabernacle. The Lord told Moses that there was an Israelite named Bezalel and he had been filled with spiritual gifts from God. He had wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and he was able to make all sorts of beautiful things out of metal and stone and wood. And the Lord had put it in Bezalel's heart 
so he would be able to teach others his skills. In fact, it says that God had filled the hearts of many of the people with wisdom to be able to engrave, embroider, weave, and have talents to do whatever else they needed to build the tabernacle. That's awesome! And he does the same with us today! He does. What spiritual gifts do you have? Well, I have the gift of making friends. I have the gift of being a, a good brother and watching out for my uh, younger brother. I have the gift of I'm sensitive to the spirit. Like when something's bad, I either leave or tell them not to. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys, listeners? What are your spiritual gifts? What has God put into you to help you build his kingdom? How can you bring peace and beauty and holiness to wild places? If you don't know, ask your parents. Addie is going to share with us some spiritual gifts that we might have. The gift of asking, the gift of listening, the gift of hearing and using the still, small voice, the gift of being able to weep, the gift of avoiding contention, the gift of being agreeable, the gift of avoiding vain repetition. That means thinking about your prayers rather than saying the same thing every single night or morning. The gift of seeking, which is righteous, the gift of not passing judgment, the gift of looking to God for guidance, the gift of being a disciple, the gift of caring for others, the gift to calm, the gift to being able to ponder, the gift of offering prayer, the gift of bearing a mighty testimony, the gift of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, and the gift of being a very good teacher. God has put gifts into each of his children. You have gifts that you can use to contribute to the Lord's work on earth. We want to help with the Lord's work so that as many of our brothers and sisters on earth can walk on the covenant path back to heaven. You can help by using your spiritual gifts to bring peace and happiness and the Holy Ghost to those around you. So how is the tabernacle different to the temples we have today? Do you want to play a game to find out? Always! This game is called Animal Idioms. An idiom is figurative language. So it's like a saying that means something different than what you think it does. So I'll say the first part of the idiom, and your job is to say the animal part of the idiom. So if I said crying, you would say wolf. Crying wolf doesn't mean there's really a wolf crying. It means that somebody's telling a lie. If I said black, you would say sheep. A black sheep is a saying for someone who's different than everybody else because most sheep are white. You get it? All right, here we go. Good luck. Work together as a family and see how many you can get. All right. Scaredy. Cat. Sitting. Duck. Love. Busy. 
coffee. Okay, what was the last idiom we said? Scapegoat. A scapegoat is someone who's blamed for the wrongdoings of someone else. The term actually comes from the Old Testament that we're reading this week. Once a year, the Israelites, they would bring two goats into the tabernacle. And one would be sacrificed to represent Christ and the other would be set free. That one was called the scapegoat. The main difference between our current temples and the ancient tabernacle was that they did animal sacrifices, and we don't. The Savior's Atonement ended us needing to sacrifice animals over 2,000 years ago. Right, but a lot of the things in the tabernacle are still similar to our temples now. The most common thing is that they both point us towards Christ, and they bring us closer to God. Okay, do you want to help build the tabernacle? Yes. Okay, if I told you to nail some two-foot boards together, you would totally understand what I wanted you to do, right? Of course. Okay, let's see if you can follow these instructions from the Old Testament to build the tabernacle. Act out what I'm telling you to do. Okay, from the salvage in the coupling, the breadth of the curtain is four cubits. I also need you to make 50 tops of gold. Now we need some shittum standing up the breadth of one cubit and a half. Now, one board needs two tenons and 40 sockets of silver. And finally, I need five pillars of it overlaid with chapiters and their fillets with gold and don't forget the five sockets of brass. If you guys wanna find out what any of that means, look in the footnotes in your scriptures and see if what you imagined was correct. the tabernacle really like well let's tour it together um mom that was like 3500 years ago i doubt it's still around pish posh hop in in where into the scriptures of course you literally want me to hop into them i won't fit yes these are magic scriptures trust me okay if you say so We're in the wilderness with the Israelites. This is the tabernacle. See how it's this big rectangle made out of fabric? The walls are made out of material. The walls are basically like veils. They symbolize our separation from the presence of God because of the fall of Adam and Eve. Look, there's a sign outside that says holiness to the Lord, just like the temples today say. See how there's an outer courtyard and an inner courtyard? And then further past that, there's a sacred inner holy place. These different spaces, they represent the differences between the terrestrial, the telestial, and the celestial kingdoms. Basically, it's like our journey back to being with God. 
I remember from watching Indiana Jones that the presence of God was represented by the Ark of the Covenant, a wooden box covered with gold containing the written record of God's covenant with his people. Can we go see that? Actually, other than Moses, only one other person could enter the most holy place, the high priest, Aaron. Like other high priests, he first had to be washed and anointed and dressed in sacred symbolic clothing. What does anointed mean? So remember um, Simba from The Lion King, how Rafiki anoints his forehead to show he's royalty? People have been anointing royalty for thousands of years, and this anointing of the priests was kind of the same. It's to empower them with the spirit to become more holy and to help them with their divine work. We actually do anointings in our temples today. Look, there's Aaron now. He's washing his feet. What are those robes he's putting on? Those are called his holy garments. They represent Christ. And like the ones you wear? Yes, my temple garments remind me of the covenants that I've made with Christ. Oh, I don't want to watch this part. Is he going to sacrifice a lamb? Yes, the high priest would offer sacrifices on behalf of the people before entering alone into the tabernacle. At the veil, he would burn incense. The scented smoke going up into heaven represented the prayers of the people going up to God. And then the high priest, he would carry blood from the animal sacrifice and would pass through the veil and approach the throne of God, which is symbolized by the Ark of the Covenant. So the high priest was acting as Jesus. Jesus passed through the veil back to heaven by sacrificing himself for us. Yes, which is why back then, no one could go into the tabernacle's most holy place. But now, since Jesus died for us, in our current temples, in the celestial room, anyone worthy can go. That sacred holy space represents the presence of God. To enter, we must first be washed and anointed, and we wear sacred clothing. We pray at an altar from which our prayers ascend up to God, and we finally pass through a veil into God's presence. Wow, this is amazing. I can't wait to go to the temple someday. It is amazing. You have just a few years until you can go and do baptisms for the dead in the temple. And until that day, you can still use your spiritual gifts to help bring others closer to God. Okay, back to our modern times. I hope you guys learned a few new things about temples today. That's all we have for this week. Make sure to develop your special spiritual gifts from Heavenly Father this week. And until next time... Stay on the cutting path.